You're listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, I have a special interview today on podcast episode number 28. I interviewed David Burns. Another David Burns, who's involved in international baseball. So we'll get to that story in a little bit. But along the theme of what brought him over to Europe, which was dual citizenship, I'd like to talk a little bit about how you can go about taking advantage of your heritage to get over to Europe. Whether you've played a low or high level of baseball, if you have dual citizenship or you qualify for dual citizenship, you have a huge advantage over others. Due to the import limits in many of the leagues... Uh, often, uh, it, like for example in Austria, there's only two imports allowed in the field at a time. However, if you have Austrian citizenship and or hold an Austrian passport, then uh, you don't qualify as an, as an import. You play as an Austrian, and therefore you're also able to pitch in the first game if you're a pitcher. So pitchers, it's even more of an advantage if you have an Austrian passport and, and you want to play baseball in Austria or a German passport and you want to play baseball in Germany because you qualify as a national and therefore can pitch in game one, and then that's huge. Uh, for example, there's also a, 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 division, a second division club in Austria that has a, an American playing on the team. He's an Austrian-American. He pitches in that first game, and they shot to the top of the second division last year just because they have that import pitcher that's able to pitch in that first game. So if, you're, if you grew up in North Dakota or Wisconsin, uh, South Dakota, Nebraska, or Minnesota, there's a very good chance you qualify for dual citizenship, so I would check into it, check your family tree. Uh, chances are you're from German descent. Uh, a lot of those those states are close to 50% German-American. So look into it, and uh, if so, contact me, and I'll, I'll do my best to set you up with the team in Germany uh, or in Austria if you have an Austrian descent, which is a little more unlikely. Uh, also, Italians, Italian-Americans, uh, they call, there's quite a few in Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Jersey, Massachusetts, New York, Pennsylvania. So same, same deal. Uh, and that's what David uh, is going to tell us about uh, when we get on with this interview in a bit. He came over and played baseball in Italy uh, on his dual citizenship status. Uh, if, if that doesn't sound like you, if you don't have that background, that European history within your family, then... Uh, Perhaps you're Canadian or Australian and you're listening to this podcast. Canadians and Australians also have a unique opportunity to come over to Europe because of a working travel visa, uh, or it's called a working holiday visa, I believe. Uh, Canadians, well, I'll just focus on those. I think uh, it's pretty much the same thing for Australians. But Canadians have the opportunity to come on a working uh, holiday visa to Belgium, the Czech Republic, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Japan, Korea, which is not in Europe, obviously, Netherlands, New Zealand, not in Europe, Slovakia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, and, of course, Australia. Uh, often they'll, they'll, they'll qualify to stay up to 12 months, even over 12 months to many of these countries, as opposed to an American who can come on a visitor's visa, which is good for three months. 
so in that case, yeah, you're in high demand, especially in places where they really crack down on that three-month visitor's visa, places like the Netherlands. Uh, the northern countries in Europe are a little more uh, stringent when it comes to checking your passports, making sure that you didn't stay longer than you were supposed to. Some of the southern European countries, they don't check your passport. Um, uh, I'm not recommending staying past those three months, but quite often that's what happens when you come to play baseball in Europe is the clubs uh, ask you to stay longer than those three months. And uh, so therefore you're risking getting caught, possibly being fined, or having a stamp on your passport that which wouldn't allow you to come back into Europe for three years, I believe. So I've done a little research on it. So you might want to research that as well, see which countries are more relaxed, which ones are uh, a little tougher with that regulation. However, if you're Canadian, uh, you can qualify for a working holiday visa, so check that out. Australians have many of the same relationships with these countries in Europe and around the world as well. So use that to your advantage uh, because if you qualify, you're there working and you're there on a working visa, then they can set you up with a job. So that's ideal for the club because they don't actually have to pay you then. They can set you up with a job so they save money and they get a quality import. So. Uh, if you're none of the above, well, yeah, you're at a little bit of a disadvantage uh, after listening to this podcast episode. However, uh, you, I, I actually was just finished closing my email box and I was speaking with somebody who actually took the initiative, hopped on a plane on his own bill, flew over to Europe, just landed in Europe today, and now he's going to start going from club to club in Germany and trying to walk on. So that's an aggressive approach, but I, I'm almost positive he's going to end up getting on with the club somewhere because he's already here they can see what he has to offer the uh, they don't have to worry about the, the plane ticket and uh, so that's another way you can go if you want to take a more aggressive approach if you're having trouble getting on with the team so with all that being said i'll stop talking let's get on with the interview with uh, another david burns david j burns or dj burns uh right now Powered by Middle Punk Media, your sports marketing agency. We put sports center stage. David, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it, David. So uh, thanks for contacting me via LinkedIn. And uh, so I did a little research on your background, uh, but I'll, I think maybe it's best you tell us about your background in baseball and uh, how it led to an international career uh, in Italy. Absolutely. I uh, actually started at junior college. Uh, from there, I went to Coastal Carolina. It's in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, a uh, Division One program. Mm-hmm. And after my senior year, uh, a few injuries later, actually, I thought I was done with baseball. And I moved to New York City uh, to pursue some other options. And about six months, seven months into living there, I received an email from my coach at Coastal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Italian scouts were looking for um, uh, Italian-American citizens to come over and play, and I happen to be one. I have dual citizenship with Italy, and uh, I just I went over there. I pretty much had uh, uh, one tryout, but the, the team still paid for the ticket over. Uh, mm-hmm. They helped me get my citizenship at the consulate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Yeah, I, 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 your name's David Burns, and uh, I don't. Uh, it doesn't sound too Italian, so I'm assuming you have a parent or a grandparent that's Italian, or how did that work? 
Yeah, my home, my mother's side of the family is Italian. Okay. So uh, it was a, a tedious process on the American side. So anyone who's looking to gain um, Italian citizenship or dual citizenship through an American consulate, uh, and I'm from Boston, and I tried going through the Boston consulate, uh, extremely tedious, and I didn't have my dual citizenship before going to Italy. Mm-hmm. Once over there, it becomes much easier. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, yeah, I can understand that too. And plus, uh, I think they've been doing that for years. Just you know, I know that that's uh, obviously in high demand. Anyone that can play a high level of baseball and uh, have Italian citizenship, then then that's that's uh, definitely going to be high on their list of to dos or people to find. So uh, so I'm sure they've been through the process uh, a million times. So that's good advice there. So how long or when was this? When did you go to Italy again? What what year was that and how long were you there? Yeah, it was 2007 to 2009. So uh, 2007 2008 I played um uh two full seasons and the last year's cut short uh due to injury. Okay. Yeah, that's too bad. So what what injuries did you have? Well, just in Italy actually the end of my first year um I played center field and the end of my first year we were in the championship game there. And uh, I went through the center field wall making a catch oh. and in straight uh, face first into the light pole. Jeez. I broke my face, the uh, my right orbital bone. And uh, it just so happened in the city I was in, we had the best face, the best plastic surgeon in, uh, in Italy mm-hmm. from what I was told. And I uh, got it all fixed up. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, my third year, uh, I ran into my shortstop playing center field again. I ended up breaking my arm. I think you're hustling too much. I, yeah, that's uh, I've been told. But uh, one thing I always tell with that story is I did make that catch the first year. You did? Okay. Well. I did. I got up. I showed the ball, and uh, I, I passed out. And next thing I remember, I was going to the hospital. Well, you know, if if you're going to end your career due to injury, that's the way to do it. So yeah, that's true. Going, that's- going, going uh, balls out. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good on you there. And well, you know, we're going to get to it, but it's led to a, a you know a good start to a career off the field. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. I want to pick your brain a little bit about uh, the Italian Baseball League, and um, you know, I know it's been a little while since you've been there, but uh, um, first of all, how many teams are, are in the the league? And it is a professional league, isn't it? It is, and it's growing. They have their own, um, you know, professional minor league system. Uh, the team I played for was considered A2 as opposed to A1. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how many teams are, are in A1, and A2 is it's it's goes throughout the country. So it's a pretty big uh, system, and people or cities are starting teams, usually starting in like the the B or C range, and then. If you are one of the top two teams in those leagues, yeah. you get to move up. And if you're the bottom two, you move down. Yeah, okay. So a promotion relegation system, which is similar throughout Europe, like in Austria and Germany and everywhere else. But uh, but to move into the uh, the Italian Baseball League, uh, it's a little different, isn't it? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like between Series A and Series B, I think there's promotion relegation. But isn't there a different process if a club wanted to move up into the Italian Baseball League, or am I mistaken? It, it may be different now, but it was uh, it was pretty straightforward. Like if you win the division, you're moving up um, 
to the next the next level. Yeah, now I think it's a franchise system. So I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think so. Now there's the Italian Baseball League, and then below that is Series A and then Series B. So Series okay. A, Series B is promotion relegation, but to 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 for a club to enter into the Italian Baseball League, it's you know an official application, I guess, to to become a professional club and uh, something along those lines. But anyway, how how uh, how did you find the level of ball? Uh, you know, coming from a D one college yourself, a top twenty five D one college, and then playing Series A. So at that time, the highest level of baseball in Italy. Uh, I mean, the highest level of baseball in Italy is definitely a, a, a minor league type level, like single A, double A. And I mean, they're always getting better. There's there's people who maybe play professional baseball and still looking to play. They'll come over here, like a Frank Menachino. Um, you know, you're getting uh, Venezuelan talent. Uh, some people have come over from uh, China, Taiwan. Uh, but for the most part, there's rules that are in play, and I heard that the rules are even more stringent now. Um, I, I talked to a contact probably a month ago, and they're limiting the amount of, of uh, non-Italian players, and they're uh, specifying them to certain positions, such as pitcher, catcher, shortstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, if this is my first year as an outfielder, I probably would have a very limited chance of getting on one of those teams. Okay. But um, the talent's growing, and I know the, the World Baseball Classic team had a lot of American people, but I can see some of those players, um, if something weren't to ha- happen for them here in the minor leagues, to go straight over there and continue playing. Yeah. So, so at that time, did you find like how how many uh, foreign players were on the on the roster? Because I've heard th- you know I've heard up to sometimes there's eight foreign players on the roster, and usually about half of those have an EU pass, like like you did. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, when you were playing, were there a number of non-Italian players on the on the team? Yes, there was. There was. Um... There were myself and one other American, mm-hmm. um, and then we had a few Americans trickling in, especially the second year. We had some more. Um, uh, we had another Venezuelan. Uh, uh, mostly the, they were Italian-American. Mm-hmm. We had, I believe at that time, it was two that could be um, you know, non-Italian-American or non-dual citizenship with Italy. Okay. So, uh, but for as far as... Um, those who had Italian citizenship from other places, yeah, there was. I would say about eight was a good number. Okay, that sounds that sounds about what I was thinking then. Okay, and uh, compensation wise, how did you find it? Uh, I know, like for example, in Austria and where I'm playing, and, and even Germany and, and Switzerland and some of these other places, uh, it's a return flight, and they they set you up in an apartment. Uh, it's not a penthouse or anything by no means, and a small salary maybe just to cover your expenses. So. Uh, how, was it a little better in Italy? Yeah, I mean, they Americans definitely have the the upper edge with, or, or they did in Italy. Now that they probably are looking for shortstops, maybe you know, obviously Americans are still great in that area, but they may go to um, South America there as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I was the first year I was there, the apartment was amazing. Um, and then uh, we had bicycles, not Vespas, but we had bicycles. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure some teams do provide the Vespa. And then uh, they paid for my flight there and back, and they paid uh, definitely paid a monthly stipend uh, 
for the Americans was was pretty good, especially at that time. The exchange rate was one to a dollar to fifty cents. So I mean, it was an incredible exchange rate coming there and coming back. But um, it was just over uh, eleven hundred euro for um, that first and second year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah, that's sure uh, again from what I've heard. Sorry, Juan. I'm sorry, I lost you there. Yeah, we broke up for a second there. Yeah, so you said that it's about eleven hundred a month, uh, and then that, and then of course the apartment and everything's taken care of. Were there any perks uh, along with that on the side, like uh, you know a gym pass and things like that? Yep, I uh, had a gym pass. Uh, the city I was in, my, my first two years, Piacenza, they put us up with a, a great uh, gym called Palextra. Um, so I was there every day. I mean, the, the life was amazing. Waking up at you know seven, eight o'clock in the morning, sometimes a little, little bit later, going down, getting a, to the cafe, you get coffee and a, um, a croissant, and then during uh, lunch you go or the lunch hours you go to the gym, um, then hang out with some friends on the team. Um, then uh, you get ready to to go to the ball field, or if you didn't have practice that night, you just go out and enjoy the night. Wow! But um, I mean, some of the perks, like for instance, Piacenza, the one of the owners uh, owned a restaurant in the center of town, mm-hmm. so I'd have to find myself there. Um, you know, at least every week. Uh, it really depends on which team and, and which city you're going to. Um, and how they're financed, uh, like it's just like any other team, like the uh, Yankees and the Kansas City Royals. How their finance is, what your perks are going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, Common sense. But I would not, definitely not change that experience for the world. I, I mean, I came out of college thinking that um, uh, America was the only place I wanted to play. I wanted to play at the highest level. Um, anything else it just it wouldn't be as fun or uh, like it's nothing I wanted to do but uh, I wouldn't change that two and a half years for anything it's just a wonderful experience in an awesome country and um, what people think are, are limited resources are it, it's it's nothing it's really nothing I could put into words it was just it's an amazing place to be even if they have limited uh, I've Again, my contact said that they're going through uh, a little bit of a financial crisis in Italy right now. Yeah. So the money's not as much as it used to be, and teams aren't paying as much as they used to. Uh, as much as they used to, but uh, if you can get over there, even if you have to try out for a team and you get on a team, uh, I'm assuming they'll at least uh, have a place for you to stay. They'll have some type of stipend to, to cover expenses. It's it's nothing that uh, I've ever experienced before, and I, I do I miss it tremendously. Yeah, I can understand for sure. Yeah, they ha- they are going through a, a f- some financial difficulties right now. Is what I've heard as well. But uh, you know, I'm 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 still sure sure they're bringing over a few guys every year, and a EU pass definitely helps. And so, yeah, uh, so that that's great. That sounds like a uh, an unreal time, and and I'm I'm a bit jealous. I wish I could have done something like that. I. Did, I uh, had a, one year in Austria here, but uh, you know I just didn't play a high enough level of baseball to to get an opportunity like that or to stick around too long. So, but when you get that opportunity, yeah, go for it. Uh, even if it means going through walls and and, and you know sometimes that's career ending, but uh, you go you go for it and have a good time. And so good yeah. advice there. So did you get to travel a lot through Italy or uh, mostly with the team? Yeah. Um, I. What, 
this has changed since, but when I was there my uh, first year, they took the typical European holiday, and so we would play the season um, starting around March, April, mm-hmm. and then come August, they would have a full month off. Uh, so I got to travel that first year um, going up and down. Definitely, I went to Milan a lot. Piacenza is just outside of Milan. That was a great uh, place to travel. It was with the team driving through Tuscany. You know, those are were the best ride, uh, bus rides of my baseball career, bar none. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had that whole month off, and then we'd come back and have uh, one or two weeks of regular season left and playoffs. That, that was definitely something very difficult to do for a baseball player, yeah. have that much time off. But, um, yeah, during that first year and that month, I definitely got to travel some places, um, flew through London. I did didn't see too much of London, but uh, was there for a very short time. Um, I didn't get to Sicily, which is a, a definitely a place I want to go. I was down in Rome, um, mostly Rome, uh, Milan, and then the, the Tuscany region. But um, the second year, the Italians kind of caught wind that it's very difficult for a ball player to take a month off and then come back right at playoffs and, and be competitive. So yeah. they it changed their system, changed their schedule, and it made it a little bit more difficult to travel by yourself. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got to see, just from playing games, got to see a lot of the countryside. Uh, my third year, I spent time in Marina di Ravenna, uh, towards the area right on the beach. Uh, another great uh, team, which I don't believe that they have um, a team in existence right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, that setup, I was literally... Um, I don't know, five minute walk to the beach. Yeah. This, this beach was like white sand, perfect blue water. Uh, oh, <laughs> I can't say enough about that one either. Just waking up at like six, seven a.m. Besides the fact that it was a tourist town, it still had that typical Italian city feel. You know, you go to the bakery, cafes on every corner. Yeah. Uh, all the clothes shops where people are strolling after dinner. Uh, I mean, another just great, great town. Yeah, there's there there they actually I think that's when they do a lot of their their uh, shopping and everything is late at night. I know that they go strolling through the streets till all hours of the night, so it's pretty pretty common to see the streets uh, packed at midnight, kind of thing. So absolutely. Um, so it sounds like you you used that dual citizenship to to uh, play for more than one team then. Yeah, I played for uh, two teams there. Okay. Uh, that last year, uh, unfortunately, was the, the year I broke my arm, so I didn't really get to see a full season with Marina. Yeah. But um, uh, the bulk of my time was with uh, Piacenza. Okay. Okay, so then um, fast-forwarding to uh, uh, you know the end of your, your career there, um, you've now established a career off the field. Uh, you have a Bachelor of Science in Sports Management, and uh, now can you just tell us a little bit about your current job and uh, leading up to today, actually, is your first day uh, is an exciting day. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your career off the field now? Yeah, um, quickly before um, my current job, I left baseball altogether. Uh, started at age uh, probably four, five, six years old. I was playing all the way up to uh, 2009. Um, so 20 plus years playing ball. I just I wanted to get out of sports and check out some other things, so I became a financial advisor. I was in uh, the uh, technology industry for a little bit, did some uh, HR and corporate recruiting, and uh, realized after that experience that uh, sports is in my blood. 
So I finally got back in. And right now I work for the Charlotte Knights, which is the uh, AAA affiliate for the Chicago White Sox. Nice. Um, I realized, and I knew this all along, that uh, you know, working in a, a front office for any sports team, uh, minor league or professional, it's uh, the supply and demand is ferocious. I mean, there's probably seventy five hundreds of people applying for jobs that you know, you know, one person gets the gig. Yeah. Um, so how I got it, just, you know, you know, helping people out with that question is I relentlessly just went on the website, got contact information. I relentlessly emailed, phone called, uh, looking to set up meetings, uh, offered to buy cups of coffee for these meetings, just pretty much asking for help on how to get in. Um, and I'm not from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm from Boston, Mass. Mm-hmm. So knowing people in sports here, it's uh, I, I didn't. Um, so I, I finally got the the um, return call from the GM of the Charlotte Knights saying, "Yeah, let's have a coffee on a Saturday morning." I brought him a coffee, and after an hour and a half, uh, he just he recommended that I speak with uh, another guy in the sales department. Yeah, and. Uh, the meeting right after that, I had the gig, and uh, sales isn't my um, truly the direction I want to go within sports. I do want to be on the the athlete side, player development, baseball ops, as well as what you're doing. I want to be on um, or within the expansion of MLB International mm-hmm. or baseball international. I, I, after playing in Italy and seeing what it had to offer. Uh, I got really excited about the uh, Australian League and started reaching out to people there, people that you've uh, interviewed in, in the GM and uh, with Perth, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, who just won the, uh, the the cup over there. Uh, I reached out to Ryan Flynn and had a few conversations via email with him. Yeah. So I'm looking to connect with him again as well. Um, but with the Knights, today actually uh, I'm going through the process of them uh, building a new stadium in downtown Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it's a unique experience that not many clubs get to go through and not many employees for the clubs get to go through, um, which means that it's it's long hours. I'm there 8, 8.30 in the morning. I'm leaving by 7 p.m. at night. It's Saturday right now as I'm talking with you. I had to move this meeting up to 7 a.m. because I have to go in at 8 a.m. to um, handle the first day that we're selling tickets. Yeah. And there's people who lined up last night to buy these tickets for opening day. Uh, so I'm going to go there and uh, handle that today. Probably not leave until 6 p.m. as well. Yeah, but uh, with that, it comes the perks too. I mean, everyone's calling up to have Knights players as well as Knights staff come to events throughout the city, mm-hmm. uh, which I've always expected. We're in high demand, and um, and it's not just the players. It's the people that work there well. They just want people in the organization. And that goes for probably 90% of sports teams yeah. uh, who are a part of their community. So. Yeah, that's that sounds great, and I, you got your foot in the door here too now, and that's just going to lead to bigger and better things. But uh, you know what? You know when I, I've interviewed some some uh, guys like Owen Reed and yourself, uh, and the common theme is just persistence. You know, they just keep keep at it and and push at it and, and never give up, and and uh, eventually you find your way in somewhere and get your foot in the door, and then and then take off from there. So. So it sounds like you're contacting the right people uh, in New Zealand and Australia and, and, you know, between Ryan and Lachlan, 
two good guys. Uh, they're always looking for, for young guys with a ton of energy like yourself. And uh, so I'm sure that, you know, you're going to have a successful career be behind the scenes and internationally. So, uh, and I also have a little tip for you. We, after we hang up, I have a, I just recently hung up, uh, finished an interview with another, uh, uh, another opportunity, a small international market looking for, for guys like yourself. So, uh, that was two days ago, so good timing. But uh, looks like you're you're kind of tied up with the Charlotte Knights for a while, so I'm not sure if it's going to work out. But we'll talk about it. Okay, sounds good. So, do you have any uh, final advice for anyone that uh, you know is is currently out there and they're playing baseball, or they're they're overseas, or they're in Europe, and uh, you know they're they're trying to think ahead as to okay, they want to stay within the game of baseball off the field post-career, what can they be doing right now to to prepare themselves to, for that dogfight that you were talking about uh, and, and trying to prepare themselves for getting that job? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could go really all day with this, but uh, there's so many different things you can do. I'd say the number one thing is prepare your why statement. Why do you want to be in sports? Why do you want to be in baseball? Because, um, you know, from what... I've seen of interviews for people wanting to come in. It's I love sports. I love watching it on TV. I um, I played baseball uh, since I was six, kind of like what I said earlier. But uh, that's not going to cut it because you know when you're in sports, you're not there to watch the game. You're not there to be a fan. You're there to make the experience for the fan better, or you're there to put, like on the, the baseball operations side, you're there to put the best team on the field. Mm -hmm. So uh, make sure you're speaking to how you can put the best team on the field or how you can make your organization better, just like any other job interview, really, mm -hmm. and less about being a fan. Everyone's a fan of sports. I mean, that's why the Super Bowl and World Baseball, uh, well, not maybe not World Baseball class, but the why. Uh, soccer, all that is the most watched events of, in the in the world. But uh, make sure that you're more than a fan when you're you're speaking with these um, front office staff or HR for the teams. Yeah. Um, and the next thing is to keep building relationships. Um, I'm not sure how it is in Austria, but here in America, if if you're looking for a plumber. You're going to call your friend who's a plumber. You're not going to call someone you don't know and, and risk you know, not knowing what's going to happen. You're going to call someone that you trust, that you already know, that you already know their background. So if you're building relationships in sports, not necessarily for, for the job right away, but if you're making the right connections, then uh, it's only a matter of time where an opportunity opens up where they think of you first and you know it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. And then um, if you're just starting out, do the internship, become the apprentice, work for free, uh, do something to make money while you're at night. Um, if you're still playing baseball and you're thinking about moving to another career, uh, moving to a, a career in sports, keep playing as long as you can. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure you, you would say the same thing. I'm saying it now that I wish I played longer. Yeah, I wish I could have played longer. Um, you can start to build your network while you're playing, but. Um, don't give up on, on playing uh, prematurely just to, to start building the building the career because the longer you play, um, people are still going to know you're going to build more relationships and it's going to be easier to get a, a job in sports. And um, if you have the opportunity to play internationally, even if you have to buy the playing ticket, do it. Go out, go and try out, find a team, uh, 
email all these clubs, let them know that, you know, you want to play and, and, and go out there and do it. It's one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. It really is. Yeah, I completely agree. So, I, you know, I, and what do you think about um, gaining that experience behind the scenes, uh, you know, internationally, if you're, if you're really having trouble in the U.S. getting your foot in the door? Uh, and if and if you have those contacts internationally, then you could always come back. Uh, you could always try to to start a career outside of the U.S. Uh, be, uh, you know, in the administrative end of things. Oh yeah, uh, my uh, LinkedIn profile right at the top says I have dual citizenship, meaning I can work and live anywhere in the EU, and that's definitely uh, a focus of mine. Um, and it, it wasn't before I went to Italy, so I mean, uh, that experience changed my life. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do have a focus for MLB International now, and I didn't realize. I guess what you're doing is a great service because not many people um, in America know about what's really going on in the international scene. Yeah. Um, so we need to get that out there, and that you're doing a great job of that. Um, but uh, it's just from where Australia could go. You know, all these uh, countries with with teams, New Zealand. Uh, it's really at the bottom level. It really, there's so much expansion that can that can happen that the opportunities are, are going to be endless. And now is the time to get in. Yeah, like yeah, now is the time for sure. Things are popping up everywhere, and every day I'm getting another email from s- some remote place that I never even thought there'd be baseball. So I mean, the the opportunities are growing. So. Perfect. I know you have to get your day started. So, uh, you know, thanks, David, for for the interview. And uh, uh, it was pretty. It was kind of surprising to, to that we had the same name too. For me, I've never met anybody with the same name. So, do you go by DJ or David? Um, I'm, I'm going by both now. I'm, I am keeping it professional, but uh, please call me DJ. All my friends call me DJ, um, and especially uh, with you and me trying to call each other David all the time, it may not work. But. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, DJ works. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, b- before uh, when we hang up here, just hang on, and uh, so we can talk about that that opportunity uh, potentially, you know, down the road for you here. So, sounds good. All right, thanks. I appreciate it. Powered by Middle Punk Media, your sports marketing agency. We put sports center stage. That wraps up episode number 28. I want to thank David for taking the time out of his day to fill us in about dual citizenship status and how you could use that to your advantage to get over to Europe. And also he provided some quality tips at the end there about making yourself uh, more desirable to clubs. So thanks again, David. Uh, this also reminded me of a, another story where someone used dual citizenship. Maybe you, you heard this podcast episode uh, way back in episode number four, I believe, five, Owen Ozenich, who has dual citizenship uh, with France. So he plays for uh, the Ruin Huskies. Uh, Ruin Huskies, sorry Huskies if I said it wrong again, Uh, and also with the French national team. So he got to pitch for the French national team in the World Baseball Classic qualifier. So that's pretty darn cool. I know he's going on his uh, third year now, I believe, with the Ruin Huskies. Uh, So again, just another guy that took advantage of that, and uh, I, I plan to see more and more people doing the same, especially after this podcast episode. 
Uh, so I will be providing an ebook uh, pretty soon. It's it's going to be published in the next couple of weeks. Right now, it's towards the end of May 2014, so you should see it out by June. And uh, this ebook will be for Canadians uh, specifically, and taking advantage of that working holiday visa, and it will be free as well. That ebook will be available on my blog. And as well, uh, on the Canadian Baseball Network website, I just did an interview with uh, one of the, the reporters there, and uh, they'll be featuring the ebook, I believe, on their website as well. So look for that soon. Also, if you have a few bucks in your pocket and you want to get that international flavor and you haven't been picked up from a team, uh, here's a few options for you. Uh, if you're between the ages of 18 and 25, you can look at potentially um, going and playing at the Collegiate Baseball League in Europe, which runs for about three weeks uh, in mid-June through July. Mid-July, I'm not sure. But go to the their blog. It's cble.org. Uh, also, you could always just buy a plane t- ticket over to Europe and uh, contact clubs ahead of time or or when you get over here and just walk on show up and just say i'd like to play some baseball i'm here right now uh that's just more appealing to them because they don't have to pay the plane ticket then and uh, if you have some skill then they get to see it live then uh, they can make a decision about you and then it's less risky on their part uh another option is if you uh want to buck up and head over to beautiful costa rica uh, there's also an option to go there for a baseball camp and also play with the uh, local clubs there for a few weeks. So it's kind of like a, a, a baseball holiday, if you will. So I have a contact there. And uh, so if you're interested, you can email me at internationalbaseballcommunity@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And I could tell you all the details about going to Costa Rica and playing some baseball. Uh, also, if, if you do qualify for citizenship within uh, some EU country, EU member country, it doesn't necessarily ma- uh, mean that you're valuable ol- only in that country. For example, if you qualify for German citizenship, but you want to play in Austria or a club in Austria is interested in bringing you over, you still are very valuable because you qualify to work. They can set you up with a job and therefore... Uh, you're more affordable, so that's just another approach. If you want to play in another country that isn't uh, where you hold dual citizenship status. Okay, so thanks for listening, you guys. If you liked it, please uh, like it on Facebook or share it, uh, comment. I'd love to hear your feedback and your opinion on the topic today. Uh, also, if you know anyone else that has uh, a unique story, an international baseball story, I'd love to hear it. So email me at internationalbaseballcommunity@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and uh, we'll see if we can set something up for an interview. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, until next time, take care, everybody.